Here we are with the Pump Fake Podcast. We are thepumpfake.com. I'm your host, John Kane. And I'm Andrew, the uh, the uh, co-host here. How are we doing tonight, John? Very well. A uh, big theme-packed show here today. Uh, we have the uh, big recap show and preview for the weekend. I know we're fresh off our NFL Fantacular, yes. where we broke down the uh, the full NFL, gave our rousing predictions on what's going to happen, and... Uh, now we're well into uh, our normal podcast. You know, it's going to be kind of like our theme, like our features. We'll do uh, preview shows of all the teams. And then we'll kind of roll into our normal podcast, just where we uh, break down all the uh, the big events, big news in sports, and kind of go on to our regular, regular little discussion. Yes, and John, I would just like to take a minute to apologize to some of our fans out there. For the, uh, the error-riddled show we had yesterday. Um, that won't happen again. We're, we're gonna we're gonna step our game up a little bit. So yeah, I think I counted two errors by you, uh, yes. minor error by me, uh, mixing up a couple of the uh, coaches in the NFL. Yes, but you know uh, we're we're more prepared this time, I think, and uh, we've uh, learned from our errors. Uh, Derek Jeter has talked to us, and uh, he's, re- he's really helped us out in, in realizing our full potential. Yes, I think that uh, you know it's gonna be a little bit more cleaner show today, a more crisp, a little more crisp. I, I like your crispness in there. Yes, it's gonna be crispy. So. All right, John. Well, uh, let's go ahead and uh, start off with uh, you know some of the uh, big news uh, out of the last college football weekend was uh, BYU beating Oklahoma as we predicted here on the Pump Fake. It's funny. I think I heard that BYU is going to beat uh, Oklahoma. Yeah. Wow. Where did I hear that? I think you heard it here, sir. Oh, I did hear it. Andrew Jones predicted uh, that BYU would beat Oklahoma. Yeah. And you heard it all. You heard it right here. Yes. Now I did not predict Bradford would go down, but I think watching that game, um, I think. BYU was in it the whole time anyway. I mean, Bradford in there or not, I don't think he would have made such an uber difference. No, that was the thing. It was more uh, everything was there for BYU to win that game. I think BYU is better than a lot of people thought and better than uh, we expected. Uh, I know we thought they would be good. We didn't really expect them to really have that showing. And one of the key points we brought up on Oklahoma was their offensive line. And I think you saw that. I mean, Bradford was just getting uh, just getting killed out there. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's a key reason why Bradford's not there for you know three weeks. I think they said maybe a month. You yeah, know. I don't know if he's going to come back for a while. I know they say they're going to reevaluate him, but I gotta I gotta kind of worry about the kid. I don't know. Yeah, you kind of wonder now if he uh, made the right decision coming back to school. You know, passing up those millions, passing up the millions. You got to think he wishes maybe he did, but. I don't know. Coming back to a weak offensive line, I don't know if I'd come back to that. Yeah. Well, you know, we all make our choices. Uh, you know, staying in school, starting what you finish type deal. It's all good in theory. But when uh, they throw those uh, they throw those dollars at you, you know, it's almost, you know, take the money and run type situation. Yeah, that's it. That's all you can do. Yeah. Um, another great game that you and I actually watched together uh, this weekend was the Ohio State-Navy game. I mean, it was that was a tremendous football game. I, I really liked what I saw there. Oh, that was an excellent game. Uh, Navy really, it's one of those things where you can't prepare for a Navy offense. Uh, You you try, but you don't want to maneuver your defense in such a way that you can't play against the other Big Ten teams when you get into the regular Big Ten schedule. And you get Navy out there just running that uh, crazy, you know, crazy offense, you know. So it makes it difficult for a team like Ohio State to really practice for that. But the thing is, they had all year. They had all offseason to practice for it, you know. They should have been a little bit more prepared. Uh, Navy ran all over them, almost pulled the big upset, but you know just fell short, and that's kind of what you expect out of a out of a minor team like that. So yeah, yeah, I mean that interception, you know, going back for two points and everything. I mean, you know, you just don't you don't see that every day. Um, it was just it was a fantastic finish. I mean, you know, Navy. Um, 
looks like here outscored Ohio State 13 to um, 11 in the fourth quarter. Um, I mean, you know, that's that's telling going into this weekend here for Ohio State, you know, playing USC. I mean, we're going to talk about that in a minute. Um, but, I mean, you know, Navy, Ohio State was in control of this game a good amount, you know, 10 points in the first and second quarter, held Navy to seven. They were uh, 20 to seven at halftime. And then Navy really kind of took control from there. Yeah, it's one of those things. I mean, Navy just consistently just ran the ball and was able to really move the ball up and down the field. Uh, I know USC didn't look amazing, uh, but it, being that that was their first game also, you know, and uh, the first game really for uh, the freshman quarterback for uh, USC. So it really kind of makes it interesting going into this game. I don't know if we've seen the best out of both teams. I know USC really laid it on in the uh, second half, midway through the second quarter. Because, uh, I mean, they're actually losing for a little bit, 3 nothing. So, I mean, it's yeah. one of those things. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't really count San Jose State as a real opponent. Um, as me and you talked about before the show, I don't think, you know, teams of that caliber should be allowed to play those kind of teams. Yeah, you it's know, a big just, it's a big deal for San Jose State, though, because I think they probably get paid like uh, oh, yeah, absolutely. a quarter of a million dollars their football program probably just to play USC at USC, kind of like a warm-up game. You know they're getting destroyed, but they're going to go play it anyway. Yeah, you know, but... Um, I really like, um, you know, staying on that whole Ohio State, USC type, you know, thing here. I really like what I saw to Terrell Pryor. Um, he he looked really good, I think. Um, didn't get to see a whole lot of him last year, you know. But he's now had, I mean, he was 21 for, uh, he was 14 for 21, 174 yards and a touchdown. You know, uh, I mean, you can't really ask for, for much more. I mean, you know, first game starting you know yeah he, he really looked interesting to me i think uh i don't know uh as far as if we're ready to call like uh nfl prospects out of him yet or anything but uh he, he's a really good college quarterback and uh i i do like what i see now i'm a little bit worried about the defense of Ohio state just because of the uh the navy was be able to run the ball like that but i don't know if it was more of the gimmicky offense or the uh just the lack of defense yeah well just i mean you know lo and behold it was just a, it was just a fantastic game all the way around kind of you know all afternoon kind of kept me on the edge uh, yeah it was really shocking the uh, two-point <laughs> run back at the end so it's one of those things that you just like geez they're gonna tie this game up and then all of a sudden ohio state runs back and they get two and it's like Wow, yeah. it, it, you know, you look at the score, and if if you if you weren't watching it, you'd say thirty-one twenty-seven. Wow, you know, Ohio State kind of snuck one out, but it's, they really snuck one out. Yeah, I mean, I was ready to turn it off at you know halftime, but um, pleasantly surprised. It was a good football game. Um, now to a not so good football game was the uh, Georgia Oklahoma State game. Um, I believe John predicted uh, them to beat Georgia. Um, I was kind of going out on a limb and hoping that Georgia would pull this out, but. Uh, it was competitive in the first half. The second half was a feeble effort by the uh, Bulldogs. Yeah, it was really disappointing for uh, for uh, Georgia, I would say. Uh, I don't know whether it's more that they have feeling the hurt from the running back uh, late in the game, I guess, maybe with Caleb King not playing their uh, superior running back that they're all expecting to be uh, greatness. I think Georgia's going to be a really good second-half team when Caleb King comes back. But without him right now, I just don't think they have – uh, the full offense. I mean, that first couple drives Georgia had, they looked really good, and you really expected it almost seemed like it was going to be a Georgia blowout. And then all of a sudden the game turned. Yeah. And it was just like one of those momentum swings that just Georgia never recovered from. Yeah, well, I know in that game at least I saw at least probably four missed opportunities on defense by Georgia uh, interceptions. Um, you know, they, they really just could not, you know, on defense they could not catch the ball. Um, Joe Cox had a solid performance, I think, you know, 15 of 30, 162 yards passing touchdown. Uh, Zach Robinson, his counterpart was 11 for 22, 135 yards, two touchdowns. But here's the, here's the key. 
Joe Cox had that interception, and Zach Robinson played airless football. Yeah, it, Oklahoma State, I mean, they didn't impress me overly. Uh, they were playing, you know, an SEC defense, which you figure to be uh, really superior. But I don't know whether you say it was like good Oklahoma State offense or some missed opportunities by Georgia. Yeah, and they really, Oklahoma State really did a good job, I think, of uh, shutting down A.J. Green. I mean, he only had four receptions for 52 yards. Um, you know, it looks like here his longest was for 29 of, of, of those yards. So really one catch was, you know, a killer. So, you know, the running back you mentioned, Caleb King, was out. You know, they got, uh, they got 95 yards on the ground uh, and no touchdowns. They did not score a single touchdown on the ground. Yeah, a, a Georgia offense, really, you have to score on the ground. Uh, they're one of those teams that, you know, you really rely on a good running back, a good running back history in, uh, in Georgia. Uh, and they rely on that defense in the uh, in the running game to really win some games. Yeah. I know lately they had Stafford and uh, and David Green before that, and they played a lot of that play action and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I mean, we'll, we'll be interesting to see how Cox continues to handle it, and you know whether he really stays the quarterback. Yeah, and just an interesting thought here too. Des Bryant, the other big time receiver in that game, he only had three receptions to uh, AJ Green's four. Uh, but he had 77 yards, and two of them were for touchdowns. Yeah, and that's all about productivity. You know, yeah. you look at, you know, their best player was very productive, and Georgia's wasn't. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So hopefully we'll see a little bit more out of, uh, you know, Georgia this weekend. They uh, head into their SEC schedule, and, uh, you know, we'll talk about what Oklahoma State's got going on this uh, this week a little bit later. But I know, John, you wanted to talk about uh, – uh, Syracuse and their new quarterback. Yeah, Syracuse was an interesting uh, kind of matchup. Uh, I know it's not one of the big schools, but they did have uh, Paulus at quarterback, fresh off his a uh, uh, Duke venture where he sat the bench playing uh, playing basketball for uh, for a good four years. Uh, so now you look at uh, first quarterback playing quarterback uh, for Syracuse uh, started actually looked pretty good. Put up a fight against uh, Minnesota. Uh, played a really good game, and then I think he made the uh, mistake at the end to really lose it for him. He threw an interception in overtime uh, to really lose the game uh, by a field goal. Uh, it's one of those overtime things where you know you're on the ten yard line and you you just you don't turn the ball over in overtime because they've already made a field goal, so they already won it. So if you throw an interception, game's over. So I mean, it's one of those things where if he wasn't you know playing. Uh, you know, basketball for four years. He wouldn't have thrown that ball. So it's an inexperienced thing, but it was interesting to see him play really well in that game. So, well, so you think the, um, you think the experiment, him being a, uh, him converting from basketball to a football is going to be a good one. I see here was 19 for 31, uh, 167 yards with a touchdown. So, I mean, you know, that's not bad. I mean, that's Joe Cox numbers, you know, what we just talked about. Yeah, and the thing you know. is, he threw the ball 31 times. I mean, this is a kid that's played uh, played basketball for four years, and he came right. out here and threw the ball 31 times. So, I right. mean, obviously they had no fears of his ability to throw the ball. Yeah, well, we'll see how he uh, does here uh, coming up, going to uh, Penn State, um, you know, this weekend. We'll see how Yeah, it's an interesting him. matchup. Uh, Penn State looked amazing in their first game, and then they were playing a pretty weak team. St. Mary uh, of the Blind. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, you know, and, you know, they Penn State just looked absolutely unreal uh they looked like 10 times quicker than the team they were playing but uh i'd like to see paulus in 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 this game against a better defense minnesota doesn't quite have uh the defense so we'll see what he can do and uh, see if he learns some stuff uh throwing the ball away maybe definitely um now we're gonna go on to see here the uh, big movers of the week we know uh with with byu uh you know beating uh oklahoma they uh jumped all the way up to number nine they cracked the top 10 yeah, it's really huge for BYU uh, winning that game. Uh, it puts them in the top 10, 
which really with their schedule they can win out. Yep. So you got to think that uh, they're all of a sudden like a BCS contender that uh, you're going to have to see the rest of the year. You know, even with their week schedule, you know, they'll win out. Uh, I think they got one more tough game in there. Uh, but really, they're uh, they're looking good for as a BCS team. Yeah, and with uh, Georgia's uh, loss to Oklahoma State, Boise State took advantage of that and moved up from a uh, fourteen, uh, looks like to number twelve. So I mean, you know, they uh, they they benefited from some of the uh, some of the upsets this weekend, you know, as well. So. Yeah, that was quite interesting. I don't know if there's any other big, uh, big shakeups. I mean, a lot of teams just kind of jostling and moving. Yeah. No, I, I haven't seen a lot of like movement like this before, though. Actually, just minor movement where a team wins and they actually move down a little bit. Because I know Ohio State won, but it was a close game, so they did see him drop like you know four or five spots. Oh, I saw That's that. Interesting. I saw that last year when Georgia was preseason ranked number one, and they were number one going into the season, and they went. They started their season out undefeated, three and zero, but they kept dropping. Yeah, that that was interesting to me. So I guess uh, maybe I'm just not used to seeing teams winning and dropping continually like this. Yeah, I mean, you know, Georgia goes out there and plays. Um, you know, last year, um, you know, they play their obviously their cupcake game. You know, but then they go in and play South Carolina, then they play Arizona State, and you know they win these games, but they still continue to drop. Like at Florida plays Troy, and they're almost a unanimous number one. Yeah, so consistently. Just, yeah, you know, I mean, Florida really whatever. dominated their first game, and you know, you can't say that. They really deserve to still have the number one ranking, but they're still a good team. So, yeah. you know, we liked them to go almost undefeated. So, yeah. I mean, um, you know, and then we've got uh, we've got our team, Kansas, uh, moving one spot up to uh, number uh, 24. All systems go there with the Oklahoma loss. Yeah. So uh, Kansas is still looking strong. And uh, if you're not aware, uh, we are the official sponsors of Kansas. Yes, uh, now Kansas we, football. Yes. We have uh, voted Kansas as the uh, pump fake elite team of the year in college football. Yes, they uh, are. Uh, they they definitely jumped on that bandwagon. Yeah, so it's just one of the, we like to uh, take on a team as like our own, uh, yes. just a team that really lives up to the pump fake onus, you know, just a team that we're going to follow the whole year, uh, really support, and uh, we're liking Kansas. Yes, and I mean, you know, here are some of the uh, big drops, uh, you know, we, we talked about the big movers, now let's uh, take a look at some of the teams that have dropped a little bit, I mean, you've got Oklahoma from number three all the way down to 13 now. Uh, yeah, that's know. expected, uh, just with that loss, you know, to uh, BYU, so uh yeah, you got to expect that. I know Virginia Tech dropped a little bit after their loss to Alabama, the other um, big game that kind of yeah. happened. 7-14. Uh, to 14. I mean, you know, they, they fell down. Georgia's loss uh, dropped them from 13 down to 21. Yeah, I mean, all the way down to 21. So, I mean, you know, there's some big-time drops in there. Big-time yeah. drops. you got to expect. I think Georgia was more unexpected, I think, to a lot of people, I guess. So, I think they yeah. dropped farther because uh, I think oh, they yeah. dropped 11 spots out of yeah. that. I guess Oklahoma did too, but still, it's one of those things that uh, almost Georgia almost dropped another top twenty-five. They almost did, and I mean, to be quite honest with you, we watched that game, and they they almost deserved not to be in there. They didn't look very impressive at all. Um, you know, I mean, you know, the uh, the Oklahomas, um, you know, the other teams that that lost, you know, them moving down was a little bit expected, you know, because they are still good football teams. Georgia's an you know an enigma right now. We don't know really what to expect from yeah, them. Yeah, and, and then watching that game, and then you look at the teams that are in the top twenty-five right below Georgia, and right. you look at Cincinnati, a Nebraska, uh, Missouri, and a Kansas. I mean. I'd be one to say right now they're better teams than Georgia. Yep, and I mean Miami with that awesome win over Florida State the other night. You know they weren't even ranked now they're twenty. Yeah, so I mean, so, and Miami looked really good in that game, and it was you know an instant classic on ESPN. Well, you really uh, like their quarterback, don't you? Yeah, I really do like the quarterback. I think he's just poised in the pocket is something that you can't you can't teach a kid, and to have that 
at such a young age, being he's only a sophomore down there, I just he looked really good. I think he passed for like 386 yards or something like that. So I mean, he was just brilliant down there in Miami. I think Miami's got a good future. They they just seem faster than everyone else. And I mean, Florida State was amazingly fast too. But those Miami kids are just fast. Yeah, that was a good game. Um, you know, moving on now. I mean, we've we had a great opening weekend of college football. I mean, fantastic. Um, you know, the second week now, we're starting to settle into the season now. We're starting to settle into a little bit of some of the games that, you know, some people will watch, but some people just kind of wait for, you know, us to talk about it, you know? That's true, yeah. It's one of those things where, you know, you look at these games, and I think the first week had more big games, I guess, than you normally expect in a week one. Mm-hmm. Uh, going into week two, not as many big games. It's more of a cupcake week, I guess. Yeah, uh, we've got a we've got a couple games here that we'd like to touch on. Of course, everybody knows about the... Uh, the big uh, USC going to uh, going to Oklahoma State uh, Ohio this State. Saturday. Ohio State, error, error, error number one on on, oh, on the pump fake today. Gosh, we just uh, got so the... so we got USC heading to <sighs> Ohio State. That Ohio is. State, yeah. I'm sorry about that, guys. We were on that tangent, that Georgia tangent. I uh, just kind of anyway. So yeah, uh, Oklahoma. Oh my God, Ohio State versus USC. Ohio State's going to play USC, <laughs> and uh, USC is traveling to Ohio State to play oh. them. Uh, Ohio State has Terrell Pryor at quarterback, and uh, Barkley is the quarterback for USC as a recap. Yes, yes, yes. And we really did like uh, Mr. Pryor. We did like Pryor, and I actually like Ohio State in this game. Uh, I think uh, I think they played well enough to beat uh, to beat a, a USC team. Uh, really interesting to see. I think uh, uh, USC will have a strong showing in this game. I, I th- this is almost my game of the week. I think I know I, I, I like. Uh, Michigan Notre Dame as a close second, but uh, USC Ohio State. This is going to be uh, just one of those great games. I think. Yeah, I think I think it's going to be fantastic. I mean, it's a night game, um, you know, in Ohio State Stadium, the Horseshoe. Um, USC starting a rookie quarterback. Basically, I know we've talked about that before. Um, Ohio State has Terrell Pryor. He ha- at least has you know experience back from last year. I mean, he's he's fast. He's quick. He can throw the ball. Um, I just think Ohio State's defense is going to have a field day, you know, with this rookie quarterback. I, San Jose State is no test for that at all. So yeah, gonna... I think the only thing, you know, the rookie quarterback learned in that game was just how to be in a college, big time college football game. Necessarily not a big time, but being in a big time program and starting uh, at quarterback. So I think he learned something there. I don't think he's learned how to take a hit from a big-time uh, guy. I don't think San Jose State had the uh, the team to really just kind of lay in to uh, Mr. Barkley. Uh, so we'll kind of see what what kind of happens here uh, when Ohio State kind of just lays into him, you know, see, see, see how he takes it and uh, see how he can manage the game against a, a better defense. Yeah, I mean, I know that Navy scored, you know, what was it, 27 points against Ohio State. That's kind of a gimmicky offense. Uh, you know, USC is not going to run that. Um, yeah, you'll see a lot more traditional offense, and I think this is Ohio State may have looked ahead a little bit and may have been practicing a lot more for the USC battle than so. the Navy battle. So, I mean, I think we'll see uh, a lot better Ohio State defense. Yeah, and I know some people are talking here, um, you know, that the uh, offensive line for USC is going to be the difference. They're going to protect Barkley, and I mean, you know, that's going to lead them to victory. I, mean, I just don't know. I mean, what did we we didn't learn anything from San Jose State because those kids, I mean, you know. There's a reason they're not playing at Miami. There's a reason they're not playing at you know Florida State. They're not. Uh, and really, there's a reason they're not playing at USC. Yeah, they, I mean, they weren't just, good enough. If, yeah, if they were. They would. They would be playing there. So right. I mean, so I mean, you know, we 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 had a we had a you know par you know defense going up against an offensive line, you know that has some of the studs from the country. So now we're going to see what happens when studs run up against studs. And I just don't, 
I, I like Ohio State in this game. I just think it's going to be, you know, way too much for Barkley, you know, to, to overcome nighttime rowdy fans. I mean, they've been tailgating all day. You know, I mean, it's just going to be madhouse there. Yeah, I like Ohio State <coughs> in this game too. So yeah, well, you know, for gambling purposes, there, Johnson, since you're our guru here, what do you uh, what do you see here for that? Uh, I like uh, Ohio State, I believe. Yeah, but I'm just saying though the spread and stuff. I mean, what do you uh, what do you call in there? Ah, uh, let me pull up the spread here. I don't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, you're our resident uh, bookie. I don't know. I don't. I don't have it in front of me. It says here the spread seven. Spread seven. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I like Ohio State plus seven. Uh, okay. USC's favorites um, at minus seven. Travel into the horseshoe. So I like the plus seven. Take the points. Uh, be happy. Plus seven. I mean, geez, you're getting points, and Ohio State's at home. You gotta, yeah. love, you gotta love that game. I think. I think it got pushed down just because of the uh, the Navy showing, which is great if you're trying to make money because you're underranking Ohio State team. That's that looked good. They just were looking ahead to USC. So now yeah. they're actually playing them. So they'll, they'll be all right. Okay. All right. Great. So I think we've decided that uh, Ohio State, Ohio State, not Oklahoma State, is uh, going to uh, beat USC uh, this Saturday night. Yes, that is our pick. And cool. uh, all right, move right along. Next big game, uh, Michigan-Notre Dame. That's a game you like, I know. I'm kind of in between on this game. I can't really decide who I like. I know uh, Michigan and Notre Dame is kind of back and forth for me. Yeah. Uh, I know both teams looked really good uh, but against who, their but opponents. they did not play anybody. Yeah, the thing <laughs> <laughs> that's true. They did not play anybody. But the thing is, uh, with the Western Michigan team, that uh, – that, um, I think Michigan played them. Uh, they've covered like the last like eight years, uh, you know, in, in these games against Big Ten schools. So they've always had a really good showing, but Michigan just went in and just destroyed them. So I'm kind of at a loss for that. And I know I really like Nevada going into that Notre Dame game, but uh, Notre Dame really showed me a lot in that game also. So I'm kind of, it's tough for me to pick this game. I think it's going to be a really close game, uh, is, which is really evident, I mean, by the spread. I mean, you're looking at it, it's like a three point spread. So. Uh, it's going to be a close game. Uh, I would like to take the points plus three. I think Michigan's been practicing a lot, so I think they're going to be good. They have, and I think that's going to be key. The fact that uh, you know they've had that extra time to practice, Michigan. Um, yeah, I really feel bad for uh, Charlie Weiss that he didn't get to practice that much. Yeah, I mean now the only problem I have with this game is like you just said, it's really hard to pick this game because they didn't really play any opponents that were any kind of up to snuff at all. Right. You know, I mean, Jimmy Clausen threw for, you know, 315 yards and four touchdowns. You know, he had an 83%, you know, completion, you know. Yeah, they, they, couldn't, I mean, even, they <laughs> couldn't even stop him. And Nevada was actually supposed to be pretty good. This was like a big power play for a lot of the bookies to, like, take Nevada in this game. Yeah. Just because they were uh, really underranking Notre Dame. Right. And they just went out and dominated this game. And it's the same way with Michigan. I mean, Michigan was supposed to be, uh, I think they were 13-point favorites. And, I mean, they just really laid into uh, Western Michigan. So Yeah, I mean, I just, I, I can't, I can't pick anybody here. I mean, you hadn't seen anything. I mean, you know, you've seen, you've seen them basically on rookie level of, of NCAA football 2010. Yeah. You know, playing against, you know, St. Mary's School of the Blind. I yeah, mean, that's, that's who you've seen. So my thing is here. What do you? I mean, I it's a toss up in my opinion. It, it, if if I can't make a decision, I go with a team that has a conference. So I go with Michigan. Okay, all right. Now, so we know that both coaches have been under scrutiny lately. I mean, Charlie Weiss for not winning, basically, you know, not living up to his first year, and that, then you know, Rich right. Rodriguez, you know, 
holding extra practices, which quit complaining, you're going to school for free. Yes. Um, what do you? I mean, what do you think here? I mean, who who does who needs to who needs to win this game? More? Uh, I think Charlie Weiss really needs to win this game um, more than Rich Rodriguez. I think mm-hmm. Rich Rodriguez has got some time still. Yeah. Charlie Weiss is well out of time. Yeah, I mean, I think if he loses this game, because they were, you know, what did we talk about the other day? I mean, BCS, right? BCS, For Notre Dame. yeah. That's, and, I mean, Lou Holtz called it. He said he he thinks they're going to be in the BCS, and I mean, this is the game they need to win. Right, yeah, because I mean, you know, if <laughs> if they lose this game, I mean, that's just going to totally take them out because they still got to play a tough USC team. And then I think Notre Dame has to go to Michigan State as well, don't they? Yeah. So, so I mean, it, it doesn't get easier. Say, let's also say if if Casey Clawson has another game like that against Jimmy Michigan, Clawson. Jimmy Clawson, yeah, Casey Clawson. If okay. Jimmy Clawson, that's error number two. Yeah. Uh, if Jimmy Clawson has another game like he had uh, against uh, Nevada, uh, I think we'll include him in the Heisman talk. I think he replaces Bradford. Yeah, I just don't see him having that kind of a game. I ha- I see him having more of a. Uh, 210, 215 yard performance, maybe two touchdowns. I, I see that. I mean, you know, this is Michigan. They've been practicing a good bit lately. And uh, yeah, I, I agree. I'm just worried about it because I, I just have that feeling that Charlie Weiss has found his kid and he's finally taught him. I feel like he's like slept on uh, on Charlie Weiss's couch and like he's uh, <laughs> rubbed him down every night and, and, and made him watch game tapes of Brady for five years. Yeah. And like he's finally like coming into his own. So we may see something. I don't know. All right. So do we just end that as a toss up? Just. It's a, it's a toss-up, but I'm leaning towards Michigan because they have a conference. Okay. Well, you know what? I'm going to go against you. I'm going to pick Notre Dame just because I feel like, you know, like we talked about, they need to win this game more. Okay. So I, like I think they're going to come out a little hungrier. So I'm going to I'm going to go Notre Dame. John's doing Michigan. So we'll see how that all shakes up for us. Yeah, I think we head right into uh, another kind of just interesting game because it is a big rivalry game, uh, Georgia-South Carolina. Yes. Uh, just because, you know, we're, we're in the southeast here, so, I mean, we're more uh, – into the Georgia South Carolina market. I know this is a big uh, party time in, in our area. Yes. So we'll see what uh, necessarily South Carolina didn't look good in their first game. No. Uh, and Georgia didn't look good. No. So, I mean, uh, I, don't, I don't know what to think <laughs> about this game either. It could be just bad. Yeah. I mean, right now in total yards, I mean, they're virtually tied. I mean, you know, Georgia has one more yard at 257 than South Carolina does. I mean, they're they're ranked you know really low in the NCAA. You know, in that. Um, I mean, it's pretty evenly matched, I think. I mean, Yeah, if you just go by the first game, you would say that this is like just an even, yeah, even game. And they're both just coming off horrible games. Even though South Carolina won, I, I still feel like they should have you know, put more than seven points on the board. Yeah, I, I, South Carolina, the only reason they scored is because NC State fumbled on like no, the 10-yard line. That, yeah, that's it. So. Uh, I mean, that's it. I mean, the, you know, they... <laughs> Uh, and the word is that uh, Caleb King's supposed to run the ball a little bit this game. He's not going to start, and he's not going to play a lot, but he is going to get some touches. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the things that may just kind of fire up Georgia a little bit. Yeah. So uh, I, I do say that uh, I think Georgia's at home too. So you know, I like I like Georgia in this game. Yeah, um, you know, kind of a kind of a stat here. I mean, you know, when Steve Spurrier was at Florida, he went eleven and one versus the Bulldogs. Eleven and one at South Carolina, he's gone one and three. Uh, his teams have scored less than ten points a game. I I see I see Georgia winning this in a close one. This game's always close. This game always makes me upset when I watch it because it is just that it's that game, you know, at the beginning of the season, first SEC game always pretty much. Um and they just both you talked about last week about how Georgia doesn't play up to the level of their opponents. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's um, classic Georgia. I think this is going to be another case where South Carolina's going to come out heavy in emotion because they want to start that that fast 0-2, that 2-0 start that I don't think they've had since Spurrier's been there. 
And I think Georgia's going to come out and play up to that emotion as well. Georgia being at home, being a night game, coming off that embarrassing loss at you know Oklahoma State. I think Georgia wins this, but it's going to be close. I think it's going to be. I think they're going to. I think they're going to win by like a field goal. Field goal. It always come. It always comes down to like that. Yeah, know? that's one of those things. I think this is one of my power plays for the weekend too. Uh, really taking South Carolina plus seven in this game because I mean you're getting seven points in this game. So I mean I don't. I just don't think Georgia's going to cover. Uh, and win by seven points. Right. I don't think they're a touchdown better than uh, South Carolina right now. So I really like South Carolina plus plus seven in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're betting outright, I, I would take Georgia because I do think they'll win just about much like your three or four points. Uh, but I do I do like uh, South Carolina plus seven in this game. But I'm going to tell you what, though. If South Carolina wins, it's not it's going to be like 14 points. You know what I mean? It's not going to be like a close South Carolina win. I think either Georgia wins close or South Carolina beats them like they beat them, you know. What I mean, I think they. Uh, yeah, I could see that, and that's uh, that's a good point because if South Carolina does put up some points early, but the thing is, they didn't put up any points last week, so it's really confusing. Yeah, to me. it's another one of those games, kind of like that Michigan Notre Dame game, where you know, yeah, South Carolina won, you know, and Georgia lost. So I mean, I guess you could say you know South Carolina's hotter, but I mean they they're virtually tied in every in every statistic. You yeah, know, and we when you see look at South Carolina really tried to run the ball. And I may be like we may be just really undervaluing NC State's defense, and we'll see that again next week to see how they perform like defense week to week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and their defense may be a lot better than we thought. Right. Uh, but you know, we'll see if Georgia's defense can really just stop South Carolina. Yeah. So. Well, I'm going with Georgia by by a field goal. Georgia by a field goal. I agree. Three or four points. Uh, take South Carolina plus seven. Be happy. Yep. All right. Now we go to uh, we go to Kansas versus UTEP. Kansas. We've. Uh, I think we discussed earlier and we discussed in our uh, college preview show that uh, we were going to jump on that bandwagon and we were going to uh, ride Kansas as far as they would go. Uh, Oklahoma helped us out a little bit in uh, losing. That's uh, right. Kind of so creating that scenario for Kansas us. Kansas is well on their way to a very good year. Yep. Uh, they're 12 points favorites going into UTEP. So yep. uh, we're liking Kansas again. Absolutely. Uh, Reesing had a good game, you know, 200, 208 yards, two touchdowns, um, you know, no picks, you know, which is good. Uh, you know, Kansas had a great rushing game, 21 carries for Sharp for 123 yards and a touchdown. Uh, and Reesing looks like here he ran for two. So, <laughs> Yeah, I'm really liking uh, Kansas right now. Um, this is, I mean, they're 12-point favorites in this game. I like them a lot in this game also. So, I mean, mm-hmm. hit up on Kansas. We're uh, still on the Kansas bandwagon, and uh, we're following them all the way. Yep, and if they can get production out of Meyer again, you know, it looks like here 115 yards uh, receiving. Uh yeah, that's good. That's going to be pretty tough to stop. So uh, I think I'm going to go Kansas here with you as well. We got to because they're our team. They're our team. So uh, we'll probably be picking Kansas every week. So don't yes. uh, don't read much into that. But yeah. uh, they are 12 point favorites against uh, against UTEP. So uh, I like the 12 points in this one pretty easy. Okay. All right. Great. Well, now John, we get to your game. The uh, Oklahoma State, and we mentioned them a couple times earlier in the show, playing USC for some reason um, versus Houston. Now, last week on the show, you said. If Oklahoma State beats Georgia, they're going to have a letdown versus Houston. Do you still believe that after watching that Oklahoma State-Georgia game? Yeah, Oklahoma State uh, did look okay. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, you know, I, I can't go back on that. I do uh, – I like Houston. I like their quarterback. I think uh, I think they put up some points in this game, and I think they got a huge shot. Yeah, Houston's quarterback played out of their mind, okay, last week. 359 uh, yards passing, four touchdowns. I mean, he had a seventy-six completion rate. I mean, yeah, this kid, this kid is 
is quite amazing. I love the Houston quarterback. So, I mean, that, that's why, I mean, I've, I've had this game in my mind for a while now, picking this upset, just because I've kind of had the feeling that Oklahoma State would beat Georgia. And then you go into this next game, and I figured uh, it's going to be one of those shootouts. I think they uh, Houston only lost by 14 points last year. Uh, going into this game, it's just another big game. It's going to be a high-scoring affair. I think the the over-under is going to be just a huge, huge over-under. So, I mean, I don't know if I would take it, but I really like Houston plus 15. I almost like taking them outright. I like Houston in this game a lot. All right, well, then you know what? I'm going to go ahead and... Uh I'm going to go ahead and choose Houston as well, just based on the stats here that I see. I mean, you know, Oklahoma State, um, you know, they <laughs> if they allow 359 yards through the year, I mean, Joe Cox passed for, what, 169, 170, I think we said, right? So, I mean, you know, I mean, that's, that's, kind, of, that's kind of high for a Georgia team who usually run first, pass, second, you know? So, I mean, you know, if this, if this is a passing team, I mean, they, they might be able to come into uh, Stillwater and steal one. So Yeah, I think, I think uh, Oklahoma State's not going to be ready because I don't think they experienced quite the passing offense that Houston has. And after playing a Georgia team where they really had to buckle down and concentrate on defense, I think you'll just see much of a more wide-open game. And I think it really plays into Houston's favor if this game gets really high scoring and back and forth. I think we'll, uh, we'll see Houston sneak one out. Uh, and I think this game, this would really be the upset of the week, I think. Uh, yeah, I think so. Uh, Oklahoma State, I mean, really moved up a good bit. So, I mean, I think uh, we'll really see some action out of this and uh, Houston to victory. Okay, so to recap, we got Houston winning, we got Kansas winning, we got uh, Georgia winning by three. Uh, you said Michigan, I said Notre Dame, and I think we both are on board here with uh, with uh, Ohio State. With Ohio State, yeah. Yeah. Call myself. So that was just a bobble in the infield. This is a bobble, not right. an error. I still got the guy out, so okay. it's not an error technically. So, but yeah. Speaking be, about errors, you know, uh, moving right along to uh, baseball. Uh, are we moving to baseball, or did we want to go from the men, uh, boys to the men here? Uh, quick NFL, NFL men. Uh, quick NFL tidbits. I guess we could uh, we could break in on. Yeah, uh, since we're on the football train, we yeah, can stay, stay, on, stay on the football. We we did our NFL spectacular uh, yesterday. So I mean, mm-hmm. if you haven't checked it out, check it out. We break down all the NFL teams. Where can uh, they listen to that? Uh, they can get it on iTunes. You can subscribe right on the website, thepumpfake.com. Uh, right on iTunes, you can click on the subscribe feed and always get our podcast delivered straight to your iTunes deck. Yeah, it's fantastic. I listened to it the other day in the gym. It's really good. Yeah, and it really it's one of those things where you know you get somebody that's really breaking down all the NFL teams, picking your winners and your losers. It really kind of makes you understand the season. And, you know, listening to it back and then looking at all the so-called experts on the, uh, the Espen Network, uh, I like to say that we were pretty much uh, right on with them. I don't know. Yeah, I would think so. And, uh, you know, uh, actually today, listening to uh, some of the experts uh, pick their uh, playoff teams and their Super Bowls, I'd like to say that we were we were pretty dead on with that as well. I would I would say a couple little wrinkles from us, but, you know, pretty much dead on. They, they like to play it safe. Yeah, they do like to play it safe, and that's what we're not scared of. So, I mean, we'll always throw something out there that just seems a little bizarre. Always uh, throwing curveballs, baby. Throwing curveballs, you know, occasionally we field an error, but we still get the out. So, yeah. let's continue on. All right. Well, um, looks like here, uh, Mangini is not saying it, but uh, didn't you get a tweet from uh, T.O. today? Yeah, I got <laughs> on the Twitter, and you can follow us at uh, pfake at Twitter. Uh, and uh, I was uh, in the uh, little room with the uh, Terrell Owens, and he let everyone know that uh, – congratulating uh, Brady Quinn on being the quarterback. And then, you know, I go to my uh, news sources, ESPN and CBS, and no news. So, I mean, I, I had to go with Terrell Owens on it, and uh, a couple hours later it was fact that yeah. uh, Brady Quinn has been named the starter. So uh, That's what NFL Network was saying. We saw it on the scroll. So um, I like this move, actually. It, I just think it's 
you know, the Cleveland, since they've come back into the league, they've kind of needed something. Um, when they drafted Quinn a couple of years ago, I, I thought he was just going to start straight out the gate, you know. Um, I just think it's time for a shakeup. They got a new coach. Yeah. Um, you know, one of new quarterback. Things. Yeah. You know, let's new, go. New quarterback. Let's go with the team. Let's uh, continue on. I mean, he deserves a shot. Uh, big draft pick coming out of a big program. You got you got to let the kid play. Yeah. You know, uh, Derek Anderson had just an amazing year uh, when Quinn first got in the league. So, I mean, you look at he's kind of been just sitting at bench for a while, get in a couple games, but never get a rhythm. Yeah. Uh, you let this kid get a rhythm, we'll, we'll see what he does. Yeah. Well, I'm real big on culture changes, and, you know, like the Lions did, uh, you know, up there in Detroit, naming Stafford uh, their starting quarterback. I really think Quinn needed to be inserted here. I mean, you know, how far are you really going to ride a Derek Anderson? Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. You need to build the future, and you need to see what you have in Quinn. And if you don't do it now, when are you going to do it? Mm-hmm. And then next year, if Quinn's no good, you got to say, "I got to trade Derek Anderson. Uh, I got to get a, a top draft pick, and I got to get, I got to get, you know, one of one of the big kids coming out, one yeah. of the Heisman boys." Yeah, absolutely. And it looks like here, uh, Mr. Brandon Marshall has quit his pity party, and uh, he's talking to the Browns now about, uh, or the uh, Broncos now about staying, staying put. Same put. Uh, Brandon Marshall uh, finally uh, maybe deciding that he wants to play football again. Uh, so it's interesting to see what kind of happens there. I know if uh, you're playing some fantasy football, he took a risk on Brandon Marshall. It may pay off because he may, he may play for the Broncos, and uh, we could see him on the field shortly. I don't know. Uh, I don't think he'll be anything this weekend. I know in the same kind of news, I know Kyle Orton's kind of up and down whether he's going to play in this game or not, looking like he's going to play. Uh, but... Uh, I don't know. Uh, Brandon Marshall, I, I hope he comes back. He's a good player. Uh, we'll see how he does. Yeah, I just, uh, you know, I don't I don't know too much about it, though, you know, because apparently he's been, you know, goofing off in practice, you know, like not really not practicing. Um, you know, Kyle Orton, you know, coming over to, uh, you know, Denver, having to learn a whole new system, he really needed Brandon Marshall to be there with him. He really needed to get that timing down with his receiver. And I really think that he's burned some bridges, too, with the team. I mean, just acting the way he did, I just, I don't know if it's a good idea. I, I'd ship him out, personally, but... No other team really wants him. Yeah, so. that's the thing. No other team wants him. And I think they just, they're trying to make a statement that you can't uh, run an organization as a player. You're a player, right. you play, right. and you work for someone else. That's your job, yeah. you know, and you see, that, you see that a lot in the NFL. They're not going to let a guy run around like this. And on and another interesting side note, speaking of uh, crazy wide receivers, yes. I know we have our uh, only uh, one unsigned uh, NFL draft pick, uh, Michael Crabtree. Oh, yes. Uh, apparently yes. Uh, his friends have been talking, and uh, – they say uh, he's pretty much almost going to sit out the year. They say he's crazy <laughs> enough to do it. That's ridiculous. That's that's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, I just didn't understand. I was just like, geez. It, his, it, the thing that really bothers me about this whole deal is his friends are continuing to talk, and they're continuing to get play in this whole little uh, scenario that's unfolding uh, there in San Francisco where this kid is just not getting to be on the field and he's one of those top tier guys that you really want on the field. Well, especially for the young team like the 49ers. Yeah, this is an up and coming San Francisco team. And you have uh, really their wide receiver now, Josh Morgan, who's looking prime time. You know, this is kind of the thing where you're going to be the Terrell Owens to Jerry Rice, possibly. I don't think Josh Morgan's Jerry Rice, but, you know, you're going to have already an established receiver, and Crabtree's not going to be able to get in there. So he's really missing the boat more than anything. Yeah, and I mean, you know, he's not going to be ready to go by any means if he does magically sign, you know, let's say tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, you know, and I mean, and the then, season starts tomorrow. I mean, he hasn't practiced at all, I don't think, has he? No, he hasn't done anything. And that's one of those things you look at in all the famous scenario that you sign late and you get injured. So if he does sign now, he gets injured in the first week anyway. So Yeah, well, you know, he he just, that, that upsets me. I mean, you know, 
you got people out here that would, you know, play for free. I know you hear that all the time. But, I mean, you know, and he's a rookie. He hasn't earned anything, in my opinion. So, you know. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. I, I don't – I think he is crazy enough to sit out the year. Uh, I didn't really expect this out of this kid coming out of uh, college. So, yeah, we'll see what he's got. All right. Well, that's about all the NFL news we have for today. Season starts tomorrow with the uh, Steelers-Titans. Steelers-Titans. I know we uh, broke down the season on the NFL Fantacular. Check mm-hmm. it out on iTunes. And uh, we're going to do a little uh, little baseball action. I know the wild cards are heating up. I know uh, probably the big news of the day, uh, Derek Jeter tying uh, Lou Gehrig, uh, all-time Yankees hit list. That's yes, yes. Uh, people continue to say Derek Jeter is uh, overrated. Um, I say, you know, I say he's underrated. I, I say he... I mean, he's been one of the more consistent guys over the last, you know, 10, you know, 13 years. Um, he's a guy you never really have to worry about coming up on any kind of Mitchell report. He's not a steroid guy. Uh, I mean, he's tough. I mean, he makes good plays. And, I mean, heck, he's won, what, three World Series, four World Series? <laughs> yeah, I, I love Derek Jeter. Uh, you know, I think stat-wise you don't really put him up there because he doesn't have the power, and we're no. such into the power era of baseball. But I see this – in the next, you know, ten years, I think we're going to see a lot more of the uh, the singles guy, the three hundred guys coming back. You know, mm-hmm. we see a lot more guys consistently batting three eighty now. You know, so I mean, I think Derek Jeter is going to be one of those guys you just always talk about in this in this debate and say, you know, he's one of the greatest, and he's a locker room guy. You yeah. know, he's a team leader. You know, so he's he's the guy you want on your team, and he wins championships. Yeah, I mean, what well, we saw in this year's World Series with the uh, Philly and the Rays. There's no big hulking guy. I mean, other than you know Ryan Howard, you know what I mean. I mean, neither team had that big like you know Bonds or you know McGuire, you know big dude, you know. So you know, yeah, BJ Upton caught fire and hit a couple home runs, you know stuff like that. You know, uh, Howard's gonna hit his home runs on Philly side, but I mean, you saw um, you saw the uh, emergence, I think, of uh, more of like a, a hybrid, a, a medium sized guy, you know, who hits yeah, for power but hits for average. Yeah, you see the, uh, you know, the Dustin Pedroia guy, you know. You yeah, know, the love Joe, him. The Joe Maurer, you know, just a guy who just, you know, almost bats 400 every year, you know. Yep. So we'll see a lot more of these guys. And I think that's more baseball to me. I don't yeah. know. Uh, I just think it's more coming into that. And I like it a lot. Yeah. So. If I want to see bodybuilders, I'll watch uh, WWF. Yeah, that's right. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll see what Triple H has to say. Yeah, exactly. So congratulations, uh, Derek Jeter. I know that that's going to be weird coming out of my mouth because you've cost the Braves two World Series. But, you know, credit to when credit is due. That's so. right. you got to give props to Derek Jeter. Uh, it's a big accomplishment. And, uh, you know, yep. it looks good. Speaking of his Yankees, they've got a stranglehold on the AL East. I mean, that's done. Yeah, the AL East is called. I'm surprised. I'm waiting for magic numbers. Yeah, uh, I'm surprised we haven't seen any yet. I'm loving the magic number talk, and it it's got to be at like 15, I think now, if I'm doing my little math correctly. So I mean, it, it, I don't know. Yeah, I mean they're 10 wins up in the in the win column. You know, I mean it's just in the way the Yankees are playing their offense. Uh, Boston's Boston's not going. They're having enough trouble, you know, keeping their lead in the wild card, you know, than uh, worrying about the division right now. I think that that's pretty much what they've decided on. They're going to go in as the wild card. But, yeah, that's it. I mean, we're looking at, you know, gosh, I got to say it's the magic number should be 11 now almost, I would say, mm. that uh the Yankees take the division there. So, yeah. the Yankees are looking strong again there. Uh I think they're going to take that. I think Boston's really more focused on the wild card now. Yeah, and Tampa Bay's done. They've lost eight in a row. Um, you know, they're they're out of it. I mean, they're 18 and, 18 and a half games back. But, I mean, yeah, it's disappointing. Small market team loses out again. But you know, they didn't compare enough, I don't think, to uh, to Boston and New York this yeah. year. So. Well, I bet you, I bet you this offseason, I think Tampa Bay's become accustomed to winning. This will be 
you know, second year in a row they've had a winning record. I, I bet you see them start spending some money. Yeah, maybe some more money spending. I don't know. It's a tough economy. We'll we'll see what happens in Tampa Bay, whether they uh, can get some uh, new talent in there. Maybe they have some new pitchers. I know they're hoping David Price comes along real well. So we'll see uh, kind of how, how that develops. Yeah, the Central is just about over. Uh, Minnesota is clinging to life support, you know, six games back. You know, we're already to, you know, tomorrow will be the 10th of uh, September. So, you know, we're already heading into the uh, last little bit here. So, yeah, I don't think Minnesota has enough left. I yeah. like Detroit in that division, still pretty strong. Yeah. So I'm not really, really thinking Minnesota's going to come back at all on that. Yeah. Now the West, uh, this is actually competitive. Uh, you know, the LA Angels and the uh, Texas Rangers, four games separate them. Uh, they're both, you know, Texas has won three in a row. Uh, you know, the Angels have won, you know, they're on a winning streak of one. So, I mean, you know, they could uh, possibly uh, get something going here. Yeah, it would be interesting to see. I think uh, Texas is kind of fading a little bit, but they're just mm-hmm. kind of hanging around. I like the Angels uh, in that division. I don't think Texas is going to catch them. Uh, I don't think Texas has enough. And uh, I just like I like the Angels to win that out. Yeah, taking a look at the American League wild card, like we said, you know, Boston's just like clinging to just a two-game lead. Uh, you know, Texas is... Uh, Texas is right there with them, you know, two games behind. Uh, Texas, like we said, is on that three-game winning streak. Boston's on a two-game. So Texas needs to uh, Texas needs Boston to lose some games here. It's not the great time to go on a winning streak when the other team is, you know. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, we're really uh, – both these teams win in at the end. So uh, it would be interesting to see how this kind of all plays out. Yeah. Uh, I think Boston has the better pitchers to kind of carry this, carry this out. Uh, I, I would hope that David Ortiz gets hot and kind of carries them through the uh, into the playoffs here. Mm-hmm. Let's kind of see how that how that plays out down there. Yeah, the national the national league is just not competitive at all, really. Um, you know, Florida uh, six games back of Philadelphia. I, I think that one's pretty much over. I, I don't see the Marlins, you know, winning ten in a row, and I don't see the Phillies losing any kind of, you know. Yeah, Philly's got that wrapped up. They can kind of. I think they're talking about resting people already. So I mean, I feel yeah. like Philly's looking good. Yeah, and then um, you know the Central's done. So I hate to say that to you, buddy. Because yeah, the Cubs it, it are hurts. Place. It hurts for the Cubs to be uh, eleven and a half games back to the uh, hated Cardinals. Yeah, so but the Cardinals are just too good right now. So uh, I give them the division. Yeah, I mean, you know, there's just no way. And then the West again here in the National League is competitive. Uh, Colorado three and a half uh, back of the Dodgers. Um, yeah, it's all about the West in baseball and, right now. And we looked at it earlier uh, today, Colorado, and this helps them in the wild card. They've won five in a row. I think our jinx from last week might be over. Yeah, I think it was just a one week thing. Uh, we talked about them, how great we were, how great they were, and <laughs> how they're going to kind of be up and down. And I think they're up again. So it's one of those things where you know you just go on that streak. And when you're a kid, you, you just play hot, and then you yeah. play hot for a while, and then if you have a bad game, that carries over. But yeah. you know they're winning right now, so that's carrying over. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, going to the wild card, uh, Florida's five games out. I'm I'm pretty much willing to say that they might be done. Um, you know, they're on a two game winning streak, like we talked about. Uh, San Francisco, uh, they're three and a half games back, but they're they've lost two in a row. San Francisco lost two in a row, and you know, Colorado winning five in a row, and it's easy math. You just can't. Yeah, you that. can't you can't compete with that, and especially San Francisco is weird to me because I thought they would be a little bit better now. I think we talked about them how they were going to kind of run away with this last week. Yep. So I think almost we did jinx San Francisco along Maybe with Atlanta. Yeah. So I mean, uh, once it come didn't pitch yesterday, uh, so I mean, kind of see what's happening down yeah. there in San Francisco. It'd be uh, weird how this plays out. I really thought San Francisco was going to come through and take this because I yep. thought Colorado was fading. So, um, well, we both know. really thought Atlanta was going to sneak in with their pitching, but since the last time we've talked about them, they went three and seven in the last ten games. Yeah, so three and seven, and Colorado has gone seven and three. San Francisco's five hundred baseball, but Florida's seven and three as well. 
it's just it's nuts. I I, I think I think Colorado is going to win the wild card. Uh, you know, if San Francisco can get hot with some of their pitching, you know, they've got they still have that outside chance. But yeah, I think actually Colorado is going to have another dip right at the end of the year, and uh, uh, I think San Francisco takes it. Well, we we've just now said we think Colorado is going to win the wild card. So I did anyway. So. So I'm going to mix up the jinx, and I'm going to disagree <laughs> with you, and uh, I'm going to try to even it out a little bit. So okay. maybe they'll both play 500 ball, and uh, I guess we'll Colorado get a good, will uh, still win. Yeah, maybe it'll go down to the uh, last game of the year, let some of these games mean something, because a, a lot of the other teams playing, uh, they don't have a lot to play for. That's so That's right. <laughs> so, um, well, I think that... Uh, you know, I, I think that uh, pretty much uh, handles baseball. Yeah, that pretty much wraps up our baseball. I know uh, we didn't have much on the schedule uh, for today. We kind of wrapped no. up uh, everything going down. No. Uh, I guess we got the uh, one, one side note. I know uh, we got the Michael Jordan thing tomorrow. Oh, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah I, that's going to be crazy because I grew up watching him. I mean, yeah, I, I just did want to kind of touch on it just a minute. Well, no, uh, Friday. kind of popped into my thing. Oh, it's Friday. It's yeah, Friday. That's true. Yeah, today is Wednesday. But if you're uh, listening tomorrow, it's tomorrow. But if you're listening tomorrow, it's tomorrow. Right. Correct. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you got that. Yeah, so you got that. But, I mean, <laughs> if you do and if you're a Michael Jordan fan, check it out. I think it's going to be a good good day uh, you know, going to the Hall of Fame. Uh, I know everyone out there has been following Michael Jordan their whole life, probably, if you're alive right now. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, this Everybody is, was a Bulls fan. Yeah. Some of us still are. You. Yeah. But, uh, so, I mh. mean, I, I still love the Bulls. So, I mean, it's it's going to be a good day for me, you know. And, I mean, I forget that he plays for, uh, you know, the Wizards, that he owns the Hornets or something, whoever he owns. Bobcats, yeah. The Bobcats, yeah. So, we'll just leave all that out and just say, you know, he played for the Bulls his whole life. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, I, I mentioned to you the other day when I was talking to you that, uh, on I think it was Sunday morning they played like this uh, retrospective on Jordan like starting in college and going all the way to like his like last game like hitting two free throws and being done and uh, like I started getting teary eyed because it made me kind of put in perspective where I am you know age wise and stuff and it's like oh my god yeah it's crazy it, just I mean <laughs> Michael Jordan geez you know it, they had the, the funny thing is on uh, on uh, Espen today they had a. Uh, they had his roommate from college on there. Oh yeah, this big crazy white guy that coaches at Appalachian State. Oh buzz. Kinda, yeah, it was just kind of interesting little little chat he was having about Michael Jordan. I was laying out his clothes and everything the day before. He's a little obsessive, yeah. but just that he was such so competitive in like everything they did, whether they went bowling, whether they did anything, he was just crazy at it, and he just really pushed it. Yeah, we well, heard the story about him playing cards with his mom, about how he had the. Uh, he had the card on his knee, you know. He's trying to cheat his old, trying to cheat Buzz's mom. Yeah, that's you know, right. Playing so. cards, so you know he won the he wore the same old North Carolina gym shorts underneath his bull shorts. You know, every game. I mean, just little nuances like that. Uh, you know, he had his little uh, minor league debut for the uh, Birmingham Barons. Yeah, that's I remember. Right. So, yeah. I you know I remember that, and uh, that didn't go so well. But uh, I remember when I was little reading that newspaper, and it was just those two words. You know, I'm back, and I was like going crazy. You yeah, know? that was just that was just absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I hope tomorrow is just a big or a Friday. I guess it would be depending on what day you're listening to the show here at the Pump Fake. Uh, but uh, it's just a full Michael Jordan day. I, yeah. hope, I hope that's all they talk about all yeah. day. Uh, I hope nothing bad happens. I hope uh, you know nobody gets shot in the leg or <laughs> Brett Favre retires or anything Again. like that. So yeah. I mean, you know, hopefully that works out well, yeah. and uh, we just spend the day enjoying uh, the airness yes. uh, himself. Yes. And a little side note to that: you mentioned Favre. Didn't you mention to me today? He may not play every game. Yeah, just it's one of those things that Favre saying because uh, he does have the streak, the uh, consecutive game streak that uh, it's always kind of a worry because I know uh, when Cal Ripken had it, he did kind of play in some games, maybe shouldn't have at the end there. Uh, but then you look at Brett Favre, maybe kind of did that in uh, New York. Uh, but this year he said it's pretty much done with. Okay. So, I mean. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, 
if he's if he's injured, probably the better better thing to do is let Tavares Jackson get in there and play, win some win some games for him. Yeah, that's it. If it comes down to that, yeah. and I, I think he's ready to be a team. I think that's more just him just uh, saying, you know, I am a team player and I am a he, team guy. He's just so bad. Even though, uh, you know, here last night we predicted that they weren't going to win the Super Bowl. He just wants that. I, I guarantee you, if he wins the Super Bowl, he's done. Yeah, and, uh, that's, and that's it. it. You know, this little two year. You know, deal or whatever. You know, don't get rid of Tavares Jackson, Minnesota, because if you win the if you win the, the Super Bowl, he's done. Yeah, and then Tavares Jackson will be your quarterback because he does look pretty good. So. Yeah. So, um, little segment we 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 just started here. I think we might do this every time now. Hilarious moments in sports. Hilarious moments in sports. I think we may try and, to do uh, this. I, I'm just looking for a comment from <laughs> uh, from my man here. Uh, what uh, we had a, we had a great one. I think uh, yesterday, uh, Chad Ochocinco or Johnson or whatever Esteban, whatever you want to call him, he uh, he challenged our boy Skip Bayless to a little uh, debate. And uh, they started talking about how, you know, the Hall of Fame jacket, was that a good celebration? You know, are you a self-promoter? Do you even care about your team? And, you know, Ocho Cinco went on to say that he does care about his team, blah, blah, blah. And they went on to talk about the Hall of Fame jacket. And Skip Bayless was money here, John. I don't know what you think. It was it was quite hilarious. It's quite hilarious. Uh, hilarity ensued. Uh, break it down for us, Skip. Yep. And this is what Skip had to say to uh, Ocho Cinco. On opening Monday Night Football, and you're still not a Hall of Famer, and I'm not sure you'll ever be. Even you know, I think you don't make the Hall of Fame while you're playing. The Hall of Fame is done when they add up all the numbers at the end of your career, which they will do, and I will be there, whether you like it or not. Not matter. Of fact. Oh, oh, that's hilarious. Skip Bayless says you will not make the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he said you weren't a Hall of Famer that night. You're not a Hall of Famer now, and I'm not sure you ever be one. Uh, that's right. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> If you should have seen his face, he was pointing at him like he was a twelve-year-old, you know, like he broke, you know, like he broke a vase in the house or something like that, and he it, just finger in the face. Uh, yes, awesome. Well, it, it was more uh, disrespect, I think, that uh, Skip felt during when he came out in that jacket, and uh, I think he's just been angry for years yeah. since then. So I mean, it, well, it was interesting. His hilarity ensued, and uh, the Chip Ocho, uh, the Skip Bayless Chip, the Skip Bayless thing. Yeah, I mean. Skip Bayless, in my opinion, is right 95% of the time. So, you know, Ocho Cinco may not ever be in the Hall of Fame. And he said it right there. So, I don't know. Well, that's it. That about does it for the pump fake. Uh, We are uh, another week down into the show. I know everybody's hitting on the side of the NFL picks that we have up there. And uh, we'll be hitting some college picks that we'll be posting shortly for you to check out. So, uh it's been another episode of The Pump Fake. Check us out at thepumpfake.com. And we are on Twitter at pfake. And uh, hope you enjoy the show. Yep. Have a good night. What makes their relationship unique is that it's based almost entirely on a shared love of calculus. 